Welcome to the Fayetteville Fire Podcast, where we talk about all things fire-related, safety tips, and things that are happening in our can-do city. I'm Don Cheetah, Captain Community Risk Reduction, Fayetteville Fire Department. Today's show, we're going to talk about recruitment and retention. But before that, let's talk a little bit about outdoor grilling. Did you know grill fires cause an estimated $37 million in property loss each year? We're going to talk a little bit more about that during our safety segment. So today we're going to talk about recruit and retention. My guests today are Captain Steve Shakeshaft, who is our fire department recruiter, and firefighter Kevester Smith. Welcome, gentlemen. How's it going, Captain? How you doing? How you doing? It's good. It's good. Just starting off with you, Captain Shakeshaft, about how many recruits do we bring in a year? So if you'd asked me that question three years ago, I would have said the average was anywhere between 25 and 35 a year. Uh, We've seen an uptick in the last couple of years. Uh, Last year, we brought in over 40. So it's it's starting to trend up. That's our concern, and that's what we're really focusing on right now. Wow. And and our department's, what, 300 and— Just over 350 full-time firefighters. So you expect the numbers to go up a little bit as we grow. We've gone from, from 300 to 350 in the last 10 years. So we're growing quickly. Well, it goes back uh, a few years ago when I started. You might <laughs> hire five to seven in a year. Yeah. You know, yep. Now we're at twenty-five to forty, and uh, are we are we seeing a lot of it? Is it is it just because we're su- such big size that we got this many retirements going on yearly? Or so you you can figure the the national average for government employers right now is right at a twenty percent turnover rate. So if we were to have that directly, it would be even worse. We'd be looking at over sixty people a year. Um, but people retire uh, as we grow. That means more people are eventually retiring out of the system. Uh, we're also running into a problem where the the world today, you're just people are more transient with their jobs. Uh, very few people stay in one job for 30 years anymore. It's just a different culture from from when you and I came up. So that's a challenge we're facing and, and hitting head on to try to keep people here longer. That makes sense. Yeah, it's it, it seems like, you know, people come in, they're here two, three years, and then, then it's time to move on. The information is so easily available. Opportunities are everywhere for people that they used to have to work hard to find. Now those opportunities are thrown in their lap. And, and you know, you say in the last th- three years that the numbers have changed. Uh, did, did COVID and post-COVID, did, do you think that played into it at all with the, with the numbers? Has that been a challenge? Oh, COVID definitely played a part in it. Um, again, nationwide trends, if you look, the, the job market these days, people have different priorities. It used to be about stability, long-term, retirement, pension plan, all these things we'll talk about later when we talk about retention, things we offer to keep people. Those are less of a focus now on a lot of people, and they're focusing on their own mental health and their free time. And let's face it, the emergency services business is about everything but you. So if, if that's not something you're looking for as far as sacrifice in your career goes, sometimes it's hard to get people in the door. Yeah. And Kevster, uh, you know, you've been with us how long now? Uh, three years, just that mark he was just talking about. So, yeah, I was at the height of COVID when I came down here from Jersey. And uh, it was difficult as far as, you know, traveling and everything was, was real hectic and crazy during that time. But also I was able to get – round trips for $70 from Jersey down to Charlotte. <laughs> and I drove all the way into Fayetteville, and I did that three times, one for the written and then the interview as well as the agility test. So, yeah, three years I've been with you guys. 
Very cool. From Jersey, too. From Jersey, not yeah, New Jersey. That's another thing. The, the fire department has historically been a very competitive business, so we're, we're hiring folks from all over the country. Um, I focus a lot of my efforts here in Fayetteville trying to recruit folks from our community who care about our community to keep them here. Uh, but we do hire folks from all over, just like Kevester here coming from Jersey. That happens every year, too. And, and that's something not new to us, so to speak. Um, you know, you go back to my time 26-plus years ago, um, the only people we hired that were not from North Carolina were probably coming out of the military and they were in North Carolina. You, you didn't hear of people coming from Virginia or, or New Jersey or yeah. a, anywhere else to come apply for a Fayetteville fire position. So well, what is that as a recruiter? How do, how do you reach out and, and draw on these folks from these other states and stuff like that? So That's that really challenge. that speaks to just how awesome the job is, which makes my job pretty easy. Uh, we have one of the best jobs on the planet. I can give you a thousand reasons why. And that speaks to uh, people wanting to come to Fayetteville for the services that we offer and also what we offer them as an employee. The, the training that we offer here, the advancement opportunities. We talked about how fast we're growing. Well, that means more advancement opportunity, more captain positions, more chiefs positions. We have opportunities that you're just not going to find anywhere else. Uh, so when you have people already looking to get in the fire service, pitching Fayetteville to them is, is pretty easy because of all the things that we offer. And we're right. You know, we're not a huge department, not Charlotte by any means, but but we're not a small yeah, just just a couple engines or three or four firehouse type. Yeah, we're the sixth largest city in North Carolina, so that that provides us a platform that other smaller agencies don't have. All right, all right, and uh, you know what is the process to become a firefighter? So our process typically begins every January. We try to hold our open recruitment periods for inexperienced and certified applicants every January. The process takes about three months. So the first thing to do is get that application in in the first two weeks of January. Once you complete that, you give us a little bit of time to review it, and then there's going to be a written exam. That written exam requires absolutely no fire knowledge whatsoever. It is uh, reading comprehension, problem solving, math, memory, all at about a 10th grade level. Basically, can you learn? Are you teachable? Once you finish that and you pass that, we have a physical ability test. That physical ability test is a challenge. Uh, there's videos on our website so you can see what is expected of you, but it is passable. I've been doing this job 17 years. My body's tired, and I can still pass it in about nine minutes so uh, it is passable as long as you prepare physically once you get past that there's an interview that board interview takes place usually about mid-march um, and once you pass that everybody who passes the entire process is ranked based on their performance and we hire all year long off of that list uh, this year is a little bit of a unique year we're going to be we just hiring or we were working on hiring some certified firefighters but they had to have their certifications before they came to us. It was a special hire. So the January time frame is for those with no experience uh, necessary. Okay, so one time a year every January, if you're not experienced firefighter or experienced at that time. Yes. Definitely every January we're going to open up a recruitment process. And uh, if you're interested in come work for the city of Fayetteville, you don't have to have prior fire service experience. Correct. You, that's one of the things that I love is getting out and educating the public on what exactly we do. Very few people know that only 3% of our business is fire. Um, they don't realize we have hazmat teams and rescue teams and public outreach teams and all these different career opportunities that no matter what your personality is, there's a place for you at the Fayetteville Fire Department if you're willing to serve your community. And that January timeframe not only allows for them, but it also allows for our certified folks and our lateral entry folks to come in and apply as well. And Kavester, what did you do in New Jersey before you came come down here to be a firefighter? Um, before I came down here, I was in security at a, a large hospital up in Newark, New Jersey. 
and I did that for about 10 years. And uh, I think that helped mold me for this job because, you know, I was dealing with people who, you know, in their eyes and their heart, they was having the worst day of their lives, you know, whether it was seeing a loved one in the hospital or receiving type of news. So being able to have involvement with communities and, you know, actually humble yourself to being put yourself in the shoes of, of these people and their situations, I think that molded me for this job. I mean, this is something I always wanted to do when I, since I was a kid. And it wasn't happening up in New Jersey just because the large population and the, the test didn't come around very soon. And it was also an age limit. So when I came down here to visit my grandmother and I saw that the opportunity to do this had opened up, you know, I reached out to Shay Shaft and he was, he just stayed in communications with me and made it real convenient for me. And another thing about New Jersey, I, I, I know a little bit about New Jersey. I know somebody from New Jersey, but there's not a lot of uh, Jersey, Pennsylvania, and a lot of the north. There There is not a lot of paid fire departments up there. I'll, I'll, quite a bit of it is volunteer community departments, except for the real big cities, correct? Yeah, and um, a lot of them was for volunteer. And, you know, I was living kind of – had a lot of responsibilities back there, so I couldn't really dedicate – that volunteer time and uh they do military first and volunteers and stuff like that so i pretty much gave up on it but i came down here i mean everything ain't meant to happen where you are sometimes you know you got to take that leap of faith and go elsewhere start a different chapter of your life in a different location and it worked out perfectly for me awesome that's awesome so captain shake chef so we go through this whole process and uh we get put on the list you were talked about then we get that phone call. What what happens next? We we just come in, and get some gear, and get on the truck. No, no, we we got a long way to go still. <laughs> um, so once you get hired with us, uh, the great part about the Fable Fire Department is we offer a six month fully paid fire training academy. So you don't have to go out and get the schooling before you come to us. You don't have to have that certification before you come. We have our own fire academy in-house. And what you can expect in that fire academy is we're, we're a military town, you know, surrounded by Fort Liberty. That's that's We are based a lot around the military, and we are a paramilitary organization. So you can expect that when you come to the fire academy. What I like to call is basic training light, uh, PT every morning, physical and mental training that is extremely demanding. I'll let uh, – Kavester tell you a little bit about his time in the academy later. Uh, the only difference is you get to sleep at home in your own bed at night. You get to go home at night, stay, see your family, uh, stay at home on the weekends. You don't have to live with us uh, like you do in boot camps. That's why I call it basic training light. Um, but physical and mental training all day, every day. Um, very structured. When, when we're in the academy and you can ask questions and we can get to know each other and we can pick each other's brain, that's great. But on a fire scene, you need to do what you're told when you're told so that we can save lives. And there can't be a lot of questioning and answer time. It's we need to get this done. Muscle memory developed, respect developed, trust is most important. Trusting your crew, trusting your officers. So we really hone that that environment in the academy uh, as well. So I don't know if you want to tell them a little bit about your uh, academy experience, Kavester. Uh My academy experience was, it was, again, it was during a difficult time. I think uh, COVID kicked off, uh, what was it, like October of... 2020 yeah you were in the split group weren't you i, I was forgot. in the split we had to group. split the academy into two groups of 10 to keep them in separate classrooms i forgot so about one that. half of my academy was doing emt training and the other half was doing fire training um i think it was difficult just in the aspect of you know you got you got the guys that was doing emt training in the building in the ac all day 
Then you got the fireside coming in sweaty. <laughs> so it, it, it obviously grew some tension between the two sides. So that difficulty. But um, as far as that, I still keep in touch with the guys I, I graduated the academy with. Um, a lot of them are still here. and it, it was a great time. I mean, you build your relationships there. And, you know, when you, when you split up and you go to your different stations, you look for those people when you're on scene. Like, hey, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's cool when you get to see him. Yeah. It so. becomes kind of like a, a brotherhood, so to exactly. speak, within the brotherhood when you when And you that's graduate. where it starts. It starts there in, the, in, the, in that little half a day that you have with them before you move into the 24-hour days with them. And, and that's a cool thing because, like I said, you know, 26-plus years ago, um, it was – unheard of for you to get hired without having your classroom without having your your certificates and and everything else your certifications already i think uh um lieutenant retired um althea gwen was probably one of the first ones the first hires that they put through a fire academy wow i learned something new today i didn't know that she was hired um her and i were hired the same day and uh I went through a one-week orientation and then went right to shift, and she was actually one of the first ones that was hired and put through an academy as a hiree. Usually back then they waited until you had already completed your academy, yeah. you're already certified, then they'd hire you on. Hmm. So, so it's come a long way. So, you know, where I come on and then went right to shift, I don't really have that, you know, didn't have that close-knit going to shift. Mm-hmm. I'd go to a fire. I wouldn't know anybody. It yeah. was, everything was new to me, and now – now, Kavester goes to a fire and he sees a, a few guys that he that he graduated academy with. Hey, how's it going? He got that special bomb. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it never it doesn't go away. We've there's only there's only two people from my academy back in 2006 that are still here today, but I'm still in contact with over half of them. So even the ones who have gone on um, and gone on to different ventures, we we still talk. We're still friends. Oh, very cool. That is a cool thing, right there. Um. So when you're talking about your, your recruiting, getting men, what what are some of the challenges that that you have as a recruitment officer in recruiting people and, and the types of people that you're trying to recruit into the city? So the the challenges here recently have really changed so much. Uh, it's the our biggest pool for getting employees in the past has always been the volunteer fire service. Um, Folks who are or the military, folks who are in the volunteer fire service or the military are really the folks who we're looking for. They already have a desire to serve. The folks in the volunteers are they're doing it already for free. Uh, but the volunteer fire service is slowly losing more people than we are. It's hard to keep volunteers these days. So there's less of that pool to pull from. And then also we definitely have focused a lot more heavily in representation. Uh, what you come with when you have a group of people who work together who all come from the same background in the same place is you've got a top-notch fire department. We are ISO class one, internationally accredited, can't get any better, but let's face it, we know we can get better. And one of the ways we can get better is increasing the representation on our department for people who come from different backgrounds and think differently and solve problems differently. The reality is Steve Shakeshaft, who grew up in the Pocono Mountains in the country, solves problems differently than Kavester Smith, who grew up in New Jersey and has his life experiences and he has different thought processes and might have ideas I don't have. So the way we can continue to develop and grow as a city is if we have more representation from different backgrounds. That's one of my passions. I absolutely love getting out and educating people who wouldn't be exposed to the business historically, showing them that this is an opportunity. On the flip side, that also creates folks who are coming in to try something new and it might not be for them. In this business, you either love it 
or you hate it. You're dealing with the once in a lifetime of emergency of somebody every single day. And if you don't love it, you're not going to last very long. So when we're introducing people to a career opportunity, which I love doing, we also have to be ready to accept it might not be for everybody. Yeah. And that's, and that's important to understand. I mean, a lot of people watch, uh, you know, what's the big one out there, Chicago fire right now yeah. and seen backdraft back in the eighties and stuff. And it, what people don't understand is, uh, on a day to day basis, you know, our job, we're, we're, we're dealing with somebody's what they perceive as the worst moment of their life. Yep. Maybe not be the worst thing that we've ever seen, but for the individual that calls nine one one, they're having the worst moment of their life. And that's, the kind of things you got to deal with over and over again and yeah and uh i could see where that'd be a challenge because you know watch watch a couple tv shows hey that's pretty cool i want to do that and then get on a rig and actually go to some of these calls and yeah go, the 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 toll on on your brain and your soul when you're when you're dealing every day you could save someone's home you could bring a baby into the world but you also could be holding someone's hand while they lose their parent you also could be holding someone's hand who's just been in a car accident and doesn't know if they're going to live or not. So if you don't really have a passion for this, that can really wear at you. And we get it. Um, the great part is that we've come a long way in, in recognizing that and working with our people and services like the peer support program and the statewide peer support team and the chaplain's corps. And we have lots of things to help people work through those feelings and those emotions. Uh, but it does create a little bit of a recruitment challenge when people have such a focus now on mental health and putting them in a job that is a danger to your mental, mental health if you're not careful. Oh yeah. And, uh, many years ago, uh, on a Saturday, I think it was, uh, a Saturday shift. We delivered a baby uh, in the afternoon, and it was great. And then the Monday shift, uh, we went to a, a cardiac arrest, and uh, the the lady whose who's husband we were working on, the lady said, well, tomorrow would be our 50th anniversary yeah. if, if he makes it till tomorrow. So it's kind yeah. of that, that two-pole area right there. Yes, so, sir. Yeah, yep. that, that, that can be a challenge. So, you know, you're talking about recruiting. You talked about um, – watching on our uh, website you got the videos and stuff on, on the exercises and stuff like that what other kind of things can uh, somebody do to prepare if they want to become a recruit or a potential recruit yeah so one of the things that i love to offer every year uh typically in the fall is we offer orientation sessions so candidate orientations are held every october november and december you can actually come down to the training center um, learn about the process. Make sure you fill your application out right. Make sure you go through the process correctly and don't make any mistakes. Also learn about the organization. Learn about who we are, what we value, what we're looking for an employee, what we do, and get your hands on that physical ability test. You can actually get out there and practice it. And I think, Cavester, uh, you didn't come to any of the orientations, but you've helped me with some, or did you come to orientation? I helped with the, um, with the video presentation showing um, all of the steps through the agility test. Yeah, so we want to make sure that these folks with no experience understand there's resources available for them to learn and come practice so these take place in the fall you can actually get your hands on it practice it but also you can call me anytime anytime my number's available on the website give me a holler i'll talk to you i'll go through some workouts with you if you're physically preparing for this test start today start today run stairs uh <laughs> find some stairs find some hills run them it is all about a cardio base um and then we have our our team come out and help us like Cavester here and, and help us uh prepare people for the test and take the test as well and I'll ask you, Cabester, because you were coming from New Jersey and a limited amount of times come down here. How much a challenge was it getting through the process without going through the orientations and, and coming down and doing the practice things and stuff? Did it make it a little more challenging, do you think? Um, it was it was great that you guys had the website of actually showing what the 
physical agility test provided because while I was home, you know, working in the hospital, I had a great gym. You know, I could put on weight vests and I could practice on the stairs or I could tie some dumbbells to a rope and practice on the on the um hose pull. And so um that helped a lot having that those visual exercises. Um as far as coming down here, being in contact again, I would say with, with Captain Shea Shaft helped me a lot because I'm when I went through the written test and all that and he told me, he was like, Uh yeah, you know, you could get in in June or you can get in next fall. And I was like, fall, because <laughs> I was ready to uplift my family and move down here. Like I said, again, it was something I really wanted, and I didn't want to wait. And I wish I'd have got down here sooner if I if I knew the um, opportunity that was down here. But, um, yeah, just th- those trips down here, you know, three-hour drive, hoping I make it to, to my interview and things like that. If, if you're more local, I would say it's not that difficult. Um He's great with his communication skills as well as the other people's in the um, training departments. It was a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> very cool, very cool. Well, it, and it's nice to hear that, you know, they don't have to come. It'd be great to come and get hands-on, but yeah. just watching the videos and learning the process and get yourself Being prepared to train is key. Yep. All right, very cool. So we've talked about all the recruits and new recruits and all this. Um, we got a new thing going on that's gone on for the last couple of years, and it's lateral transfer re- recruiting and tell tell us a little bit about that how that's a little bit different yeah so one thing we wanted to do was not only push for the inexperienced people to to come in and join the academy but also how can we be better stewards of the taxpayers dollars and get folks on fire trucks quicker and one of the ways we could do that was implementing a lateral transfer program so if you are firefighter one and two certified whether it's north carolina or another state that offers reciprocity where you can be recognized here as well as your emt or uh, north carolina Carolina EMT or National Registry EMT, you can actually come in. We have an abbreviated academy. So uh, right around five weeks, five to six weeks, um, you would spend with us in the academy, just basically just verifying your skills. Uh, And we can get folks on a fire truck in less than two months uh, serving the citizens rather than being in school. Um, there's there's some pros and cons to it, but it's been a great asset for us. We've hired some awesome folks from other agencies. Maybe you're at a smaller agency that doesn't have the advancement opportunity that we have. Uh, again, the, we're growing constantly, so there's nowhere but up to go. They might not have the training opportunities we have. I'm sure you've, you've talked with some other folks from Rescue and Hazmat. They've talked about the training that they go to all over the country, getting to go to New Mexico, Colorado, Charlotte, all over the place for some really cool training opportunities. And you don't have that elsewhere, so we'd love to talk to you about careers with us and maybe give you a little bit of a boost in your career that way. If you're coming from another government entity fire department that is in the North Carolina retirement system, we have some awesome bonuses too. getting your credit recognized from that other department. You can carry some of that credit with you here. And credit, we're talking about sick hours, yeah, vacation sick, hours. You can, you, can bring your, you can bring all of your sick time now. That's a new benefit. We used to limit how much sick time you can bring. You can bring 100% of your sick time now. Uh, we also offer credit up to year four at max. So we'll sit down with your training records and compare them to what we require at each year and match you up up to you can come in with up to four years of credit. So we have some people that we hired the very first time we ever did laterals that next year will be actually eligible to promote. There, they got that credit under their belt. All right, on, and, and we offer a lot of different things on Fayetteville. Um, like you said, maybe some other departments don't. You can get in a hazmat track. Um, and we we just had urban search and rescue on our last show. Yep. Um, we got f- certified fire investigators. We got an inspections division. A whole whole lot of things that 
that you can do a whole lot of different career paths. And that's one of the cool things about Fable is it doesn't matter your personality or what you're into. We have people on this department with IT degrees. We have people on this department with education degrees. We have a music teacher that works for us. Um, it really doesn't matter what you're into if you're willing to serve the community and, and run into burning buildings. We've got options for you. Right. <laughs> so with, with all the, you know, the great things, why are we continue to have a retention challenge? So the biggest retention challenge, uh, uh, there is no smoking gun. There is no one. Culture is changing where people are willing to take different opportunities for that little bit of a pay bump. Um, and one of the problems we have, we breed marketable employees. We All the training we offer and all the experience you get, you can go anywhere with. And that's one of our struggles is if someone's willing to pay more money, um, unfortunately, some some are willing to leave. So what we want to be is a department that offers more than just that paycheck to to keep people here. So what benefits are we offering? That's what we're looking at right now is what are we offering to keep people in Fayetteville other than just that paycheck? That's what we want to focus on uh, in the last year or so. And we're working toward the future. Very good. Cabestra, anything else to add? I love my job. <laughs> Don't sound so excited, buddy. I say that I truly do love it. Um, you know, coming from up in the northern states and coming, you know, a little further south, it's a big change in lifestyle. It's a big change in your environment, and a uh, Fayetteville Fire Department definitely welcomed me in with open arms. So I have a lot of respect, a lot of gratitude for this opportunity. Very cool. Very cool. Gentlemen, I, I appreciate you both joining us today. Yes, sir. Thank you for having us. All right, let's talk about our safety tip, tip of the month. We're talking about outdoor grilling. 58% of home grill fires occurred during the month of May, June, July, and August. Obviously, we're, we're coming up on August and into September, Labor Day. Um, grills that are in closed patios, terraces, screen-in porches, and, and courtyards are some of the leading home locations for grill fires. Make sure you maintain at least a three-foot safety zone around your grill. Make sure it's outdoors. And uh, make sure you're safe when you're grilling this summer. Thank you for joining us on our Fayetteville Fire Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our Radio Fayetteville on your favorite stream platform to listen to all our podcasts. Next time, we'll talk about life on shift. Until then, be safe.